Boom, and we're back. This is the King Teeth Network. I am your host, King Teeth, and I have a special, special guest with me. Um, I messed up his name like seven times the night of our oh, premiere, no. but <laughs> I got my guy Brian Reeves in the building. How you doing? Doing well. Thanks for having me, man. Of this course, is man. We've been wanting to do this. This is uh, this is one of those ones, man. We we actually met not too long ago. Probably what early August? Early August, like yeah. yeah. But it's we've actually months. been able to do a lot already. We have, yeah. So this is exciting. Um, so go ahead, introduce yourself to the people and everything you got going on. Yeah, so I'm Brian Reeves. Uh, I just turned 25 last week. This is my first short film. Uh, 70 Times 7 is the name of it. It's based on my mentor Peter Fields' one-act play called Monster. It's about a Presbyterian minister and her atheist son, and trying to figure out what to do with the school shooter that's tied up at the kitchen table. So it's uh, pretty aggressive material, but... It's uh, it was pretty cool. It's a way to create a, a discussion about the gun violence in America without mm-hmm. having to actually, you know, put ourselves in a school or something real mm-hmm. graphic like that. Just kind of take an, an oblique look at, at it and explore it from a different angle. Absolutely, absolutely, man. Well, happy birthday, happy belated, Thank you. twenty five. Thank you. Um, you had a actual uh, uh a goal in mind. You had you wanted to do something before you you were twenty five mm-hmm. and you actually accomplished that. Yeah. So my goal was that I always wanted to have some sort of project, whether it was a film mm-hmm. or T V series or whatever. I just wanted to have something out by the time I turned twenty five. And yeah. thankfully we were able to have a premiere last Tuesday at the Shaker Score Cinema, which uh Latif was nice enough to host for us. And it was it was a really great time, great turnout and I just I cannot be more thrilled with how this all turned out, man. Really, man, absolutely, man. I just want to thank you again for the opportunity. Thanks for being there, man. To, uh, it was great to host my first premiere. Um, it was not last Tuesday. By the time y'all see this, but it was last Tuesday <laughs> in the relevancy and reference of what we're talking mm-hmm. about. Um, but uh, we'll get to that. We'll get to that for part, sure, absolutely. Um, because that's kind of the um, if you want to call it the season finale of the whole thing. You know, <laughs> yeah, um, absolutely. The uh, there's still a lot more work to be done, but uh, mm-hmm. I really want to get into who you are first. For sure. And then we'll get into kind of the short film and how that was created. And Absolutely. then we'll get into um, kind of the premiere and your feelings behind that. And then I'll talk about kind of like how I fucked up. But, uh, <laughs> no. you know, it's about it's about growth. Yeah, so absolutely. I'm very transparent on the, here at the King Team yeah. Network. We're very, very open and honest about who we are. Um, yeah. Kings and queens aren't perfect um sure. look at any history historical background of any king he had his ups and downs he had his problems mm-hmm. he had things he had to overcome but mm-hmm. what he never did is especially the great kings because you know some of them just got their head cut off but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the great kings um they always persevered absolutely through the adversity yeah, and it's, I mean, it's good to be honest with yourself about, mm-hmm. you know, room for improvement, places to grow and whatnot. Exactly. But, I mean, from talking to people who were there, in my own personal opinions, you did a great job facilitating the the crowd experience, how, you know, the Q&A in between the different screenings. Well, so thank you. I, I know a couple of the names were, were hard to pronounce at the start, Gene, but it's like there was so much more this. to that. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah she, was, she was cracking up at that. But, yeah, it's like there was so much more to the experience beyond Absolutely. that. And you, you killed it, man. We were I really lucky to have that. you there, for I sure. I appreciate that, and I, and I hope uh, – we get to do more of those. those Absolutely. Those were definitely, that was a definite uh, experience. And you heard it here first. He's producing the next one. So 
I've been telling people, <laughs> but now you heard it from the actual guy. Absolutely. Okay, so boom, let's go all the way back. Um, for sure. Uh, directing. When was mm-hmm. the, When did this become a thing for you? Um, I wish I could say I was one of those people that like I had the little you know Super Eight camera when I was six years old running around, but it was actually kind of a little bit later. Yeah. Um, I was sixteen. I had rented the Master mm-hmm. with Joaquin Phoenix and Philip Seymour Hoffman. Uh, just because, you know, Phil Seymour Hoffman, I, I really liked a lot of the work that he had done up to that point. And when I saw the movie, it just, it really kind of, it blew me away. I was so used to the whole, like, Mission Impossible, Fast mm-hmm. and the Furious kind of mindset. I never knew that you could make a film that could have me question all of my beliefs about the world. And wow. So it just completely just realign everything going on in my head. And it's like... And not just that, but it looked fucking amazing. Yeah. Like, I just, like, it was insane. Like, the cinematography. And, like, I mean, even now, I mean, I've seen the movie from start to finish about almost 40 times, to be honest with you. Yeah. What? And, like, even now, like, when I have a day where I'm just like, I don't want to do this anymore, I'll Uh go back, I'll watch, like, the first 20 minutes of it, and I'll be like, all right. I remember why. Exactly. It's like, until I I can make something like that, the work isn't finished yet. Wow. That's amazing. So, uh. Kind of tell us, um, kind of some of your uh, the people you look up to in the film world as far as directors you already spoke on. Yeah, but the ones that you kind of like. No, I want to get to that. Yeah, I mean, well, Paul Thomas Anderson, obviously, the guy who directed the Master, uh, definitely one of the first formative uh, directors for me. What else has he done? Uh, he's done some other ones, Boogie Nights, uh, Punch Drunk Love, uh, There Will Be Bloods, a a big one he Mm -hmm. did. Um. Yeah, he's got a new one coming out next month, so it'll be pretty cool. Um, trying to think. Uh, I watch a lot of foreign, like, older stuff. Like, I try to watch the things that the people around me aren't watching, necessarily. Um, what got you into that? Uh, so, what was it? January 1st of 2017. Mm-hmm. I said to myself, okay, I've never seen a movie that came out before 1970. I've mm-hmm. never seen any foreign language or black and white stuff. Like, we'll just give it a shot. Like, let's mm-hmm. see what's... So it was like uh, eight and a half, Federico Fellini. I was like, let's let's just dive right in. And by the time I was done, I was convinced that at that point that was the best movie I'd ever seen. Pretty much, really? so I was like, okay, like this is we'll it. watch some more. And then uh, Krzysztof Kozlowski was a Polish director from mm-hmm. the eighties and nineties, and he did a Three Colors trilogy okay. back in the nineties. So I watched, put on the first one. I was like, we'll see what that's. You know what what has going for it, and about five hours later, I was watching the credits of the third one. <laughs> so it was uh, wow, it was, it you was, went straight through, just straight through. It was just like it was, it was that good. Yeah, it was to the point where like I stopped going to my college classes for my business degree at Kent. Like I would just be <laughs> staying at home, just watching these old ass movies, just then, trying to read and teach myself everything I could about the. Is that when you knew, kind of like yeah. it was a spark for you? It was like, yeah, it was like. I mean, yeah, it's like, I love my parents and they've been so incredibly supportive of me, especially over the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. But I mean, at first, I don't know how thrilled they were about me wanting to follow the path of an artist rather than, you know, going into something more practical. So I was, I was kind of pushed into the whole business degree, you know, and so I ended up with the economics degree from Kent State and Mm -hmm. it's like... I'm very thankful that I have that. That's how, you know, I keep the bills paid with the day job and whatnot. But at the same time, it was like, 
my sophomore year at Kent. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was about the day after my 19th birthday. Mm-hmm. I was just at a party, and we were just, you know, hanging out on the back porch or something. I had a realization. I was just like, you're 19 years old, and you've already given up on what you want to do with your life. Like, why? Jesus. Like, why? Jesus. And ever since then, I mean, then there was about the two years of me telling everyone, okay, I want to be a filmmaker just because it has, like, a nice ring to it. It does. And it's, yeah, it's like... But then came the actual work. work of like, okay, let's try. Like it's you can. It's cool to have all sorts of ideas, mm-hmm. but like, where's the execution at? So Absolutely. Like, so let's talk about that, man. You for sure. You did this. Um, you tried to do this first short film, and while you were in college, right? Yeah. So uh, it's perpendicular. This is my my masterpiece. I call it. Uh, it's also the biggest failure of my life today, but like no, uh, that's, that's that story's going to change eventually, but um, no, I had this idea, what was it? I'll, I I can't even remember the day, March 15th, 2017. Wow. I remember the, I remember the, the day, day, and the idea is, is, is really it's really dumb, honestly, when you think about it at first, is I, I we were trying to get a short film off the ground and the ideas just weren't clicking and I was mm-hmm. frustrated. I was like, you know what, I'm done. Mm-hmm. Went upstairs, smoked a bowl, was just, you know, laying in my bed and the song Paranoid Android by Radiohead came on. And mm. I was like, I was like, why would people be paranoid about their Android? Wow. And I True. was like, what if well, they didn't know in what America an has told us to be paranoid? Yeah. But not just that, it was like... <laughs> If you really want to be afraid of your Android, what if you didn't know what it was? Wow. And if you want to make it really scarier, what if you didn't know what it was, but everyone else knows what it is, and they think that you're stupid for not knowing what it is? True that. So I came up with this series that took place in 1995, where uh, this main dude wakes up, and everyone around him has smartphones and social media, but everything else is still 1995, like the OJ trials on TV, wow. like TLCs on the radio, like yeah. just th- things like that. And uh, we tried making a short film out of that in Kent for six hundred dollars, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> I mean, you get what you pay for with something like that. So that didn't work out. And but like we knew there was something there though. And my lead actor at the time, uh, Julian Lombardi, great friend of mine. Mm-hmm. He and I were back at the drawing table a couple months later, and we were like, you know, like, let's do this again the right way. Okay. And we had almost 90 people working on this thing. I had professors starring in this. I would cast anybody who I thought, like, I would have a lot of, like, actual, like, the acting students at Kent. But, mm-hmm. like, I also was, like, you know, people from the, the fraternity that I used to be in before I quit and things like that. It's like, you know, like, just people that I know that have natural, natural charisma mm-hmm. that, like probably would never want that for themselves but like definitely now that when somebody brings it up I was like oh sure you know right. let's give it a shot see what right. that's about so yeah a lot of cool experiences with that but the problem is second time around I had been I mean it was my my last semester at Kent I'm in like senior capstone economics courses um I put all my bonds, all the money I'd saved from working 30 hours a week at Sherwin, uh, mixing paint and stuff. And the night before the shoot, my lead actress quit so she could go on spring break <laughs> with her friends. And uh, first time filmmaker mistakes, I rented all the equipment. Wow. Yeah. So how much in yeah. the hole were you? Uh, all told, it was a little over $18,000. Jesus. Yeah. And... Uh, 
we didn't have a single frame of footage at the end of the day to show from it. I had to, well, Kent over spring break, they take their acting students to Broadway for a spring showcase. So by the time we already found out that our actress couldn't perform mm. or she could, she just didn't chose not to. Uh, by that time we weren't able to replace her with anybody else. So we just mm. had to just take an L on that. And all of my job, like I had job offers, NBC, Netflix, HBO, the uni- like it just, they all evaporated. Wow. And that was six weeks before college graduation. So it's like my June, well, late junior year and all my senior year, like my friends would be going out. Like I, I remember St. Patty's Day. Mm-hmm. Everyone was out and I was there in my room with the door locked. Like I was just, you know, like we, we got a shoot coming in a week and yeah. a half. Like I can't be out there. Um, yeah. And then having to go through the summer after graduation hold without, on we're we not yeah. gonna bypass that part yeah i want to oh, talk about, i want to get kind of get into this the meat of like the mental that you went into <laughs> after everything <laughs> fell apart i mean you had yeah. hbo netflix yeah. you had your lead actress leave you put up eighteen thousand dollars basically of your own money yeah. as a college student yep. locked away yep what what were you going through after this man before grad like six months before graduation <sighs> it was it was rough, man. I'm not even gonna lie. Um, okay. Yeah, it was just like you know, I knew the work that I had put in. Yeah, but it was just like, and the fact that it took me, you know, over three years after that to finally be able to afford to create another project to put out there to people. It's just like, the, it wasn't just the immediate like. It's like you know, I was in a. Thankfully, it wasn't that serious, but I was in a car crash when I lived in Vegas, mm-hmm. and it's like. After the accident, I wasn't, like, panicking. I wasn't. It was just, like, it happened. I'm okay. Just, like, I was, because, like, my body was in shock. Yeah. And, like, I was just, like, you the next day I what? woke up and I'm looking and I was like, oh, I fucked up. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was just, like, you know, like, and it was kind of the same thing here. It was just, like, well, like, you know, the thing shot. At it wasn't, like, it didn't hit you at first. Yeah. It was, you know, I, it was spring break. It was like, you know, I'm just going to lay on the couch and watch HBO and just like get my mind off everything. And then like once my friends who like I was watching them go out, have fun and whatnot. And it's like once watching them, I was happy for them getting their jobs and moving off to their own apartments. And mm-hmm. I'm going back to PA to live in my mom's basement. And I was like, this is this is messed up. Yeah. So. I just I couldn't handle it, and I had some I had some relatives in Vegas, and I just ran out west. So you and just left for for a while. Yeah, I well, I wanted to move out there and go to UNLV and get my master's in screenwriting and whatnot. Mm. Um, so you were still wanting to do you still yeah. wanted to direct after all of that? Because most yeah. people would have just been like, you know what? Yeah. I tried, I failed horribly. Let yeah. me never do this ever again in my life. Yeah, and it's like there was definitely the mindset of like I didn't want to do that for a while afterwards, but at the same time I also knew that like there was nothing, literally nothing else I could do that would like satisfy me. So it's like all right, that happened. Next one's probably going to turn out better. That was mm-hmm. the mindset I eventually had to take. But there was there was, you know, uh, it it took a number of years to get back up on the horse after something like that you know that's that's some heavy shit man but uh no so i get out to vegas and i had applied for this thing it was Mm -hmm. a job fair that you had to apply in advance for Mm -hmm. and they were saying looking for recent business grads 200 plus uh, i mean 200 people only there was like 100 plus fortune 500 companies all the major casinos and whatnot i sent in an essay They, they selected me i flew out to vegas I go to this job fair, 
I'm the only person there in a suit. There are 12 tables set up, and 10 of them are for sales jobs at the dispensary. Really? Uh, dude, the dude in front of me is in bib overalls, and he's like, hey, he's like, you can just pay me in bud. Like, you don't have to worry about, like, cashing what? me a check. And it's like, all right, like, I'm not in the right place. So right. Uh, then now here I am. I'm in Las Vegas with no prospects, and my family had said, you know, unless I was down and out, it's like, you're, you, you want to go out there that bad. It's like, you're going to be out there for six months, and it's mm-hmm. like – do whatever it's like but don't try to come back to pa here for another six months so really yeah so it was just it was a way of saying it's like you know it's like all right if this is what you really want then it's like you got to make it work for yourself right. and i did which is cool because it's like i ended up working for enterprise rent a car down mm-hmm. on the vegas strip it's not really what i wanted to do but it was like it you know i was renting exotic cars it was it was fun while it lasted like it was fun yeah it, but what was your favorite Oh, the the Bentley. It's definitely the best one. You rented a Bentley? All those cars. I've I've driven any kind of exotic. But the Bentley was by far the nicest vehicle I've ever been behind. Going down the Vegas Strip yeah. with like, my suit. Was, I thought I was the shit, man. It was, it was not <laughs> meant to last. I was like... Not, we're going to get back there. We're yeah, going to get back there for yeah. sure. But you got to see it. You got to feel yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's amazing. So that was... Uh, that was pretty cool. Yeah, the Lambo. By far the worst vehicle. I Is it ever, really? I'd rather drive a Prius than a Lambo. Dude, it's just so low to the ground. It's it like is. every little like pebble is ba dum ba dum ba dum. Really? It, like, so it felt like Fred Flintstone. Like, did you yeah. have did you push it though? Did you push it too? I mean, I didn't push it like as much as I I, I yeah, but I would have pushed it. Yeah. I ain't gonna lie to you. The Tesla, that's mm. something that accelerates pretty quickly. I push, really? I push that. Did but you? like, yeah. Well, that's the thing is, like, we would be hauling the cars, like, back and forth between locations at, uh-huh. like, 6, 6.30 in the morning. And it's like, oh, nobody's, so up, at, nobody's up at 6 in the morning no, in Las I'm Vegas. Like, but the sun's up. Because that's the thing is, it's like the, the clocks are three hours behind. Right. But the sun isn't always three hours behind. Right. So it's like, when you're actually in Vegas, every day the sun would be up at, like, 5.30 in the morning in the summer. Wow. Like, Bright, bright as hell shining through my window, yeah. So you're up just mm-hmm. on the Vegas strips. Absolutely. Just pushing Tesla. Yeah. Look at you. It was uh, it was a trip. And then so, one day mm-hmm. um, in early June, mm-hmm. this is 2019. Now, okay. I'm on my way home from work. Mm-hmm. And as I'm turning into my apartment complex, this old fat guy, I'd say probably in his late 70s, pushing 350 400 pounds maybe like i know i'm a big dude but like this dude was huge mm-hmm. falls in the street in front of my car what i slam on the brakes but i'm just like he was like as close as you and i are falling in front of my car what and i was like i, I hit this dude like oh my god like i'm just freaking out yeah and i get out and I'm like, sir, are you all right? And he's just like, oh, like, it's like you didn't hit me. I just, uh, an old man, I fell. There's nothing like that. And his, he had a nephew with him. His nephew thought I hit him and was starting this whole scene. Like, he's yelling at people in the intersection, call the cops. This mf killed my uncle. Like, what? Oh, yeah. And then I'm trying to help this dude up, but he's so big that I can't do it. And mm-hmm. eventually his nephew starts helping the two of us. We can't get him up. Like, he's huge. He's that big. And as we're, like, trying to lift this guy up, the guy in the intersection who he was yelling at just goes, your car. And I turn around and I realize that my car wasn't in park and it's drifting backwards down to Cater Boulevard during rush hour. And everyone's, like, swerving to miss my car. What? So I'm, like, sprinting full speed to catch up with this vehicle. 
And I get in, I pull off to the side of the road, I get back up there to them, and the dude was like, hey, like, I saw, like, the kid didn't hit your uncle, like, it's all good, like, so... That was all good the scariest there. day of your Oh, yeah, absolutely. I was, I, was, I was real shaken up. And then about two days later, I'm on my way home from work. Mm-hmm. And right as I'm about to turn into my apartment complex, I see this old man and his nephew with their bags of groceries again get up off the bus stop right at the corner. And they're getting ready to walk up at the corner again. <laughs> Because they were, they were trip and fall artists. Yeah. They, they were doing a scam on me. So I just Were like, they really? They were. So it was just like, this time I saw them coming and I was like honking on the horn. I was like, hey guys, how's yeah, it going? Yeah, Good yeah. to see you. Like, don't fuck with me today, Don't fuck man. with me <laughs> like, today, yeah. yeah. Trip and yeah. fall artists, wow. Las Vegas, man. It's Vegas is a motherfucker. Crazy, man. There's some... So yeah, so after that, I started having panic attacks while driving. Really? And it's like... You can't really do that and work for Enterprise Rent-A-Car. <laughs> they uh, they, don't they want tend to, to frown on that, yeah, if absolutely. you can believe that or not. So they sent me back to PA. I was working for Enterprise in PA. Like, and a matter – we didn't know what it was. We thought it was the heat, you know. And okay. I was like two weeks – in a matter of two weeks, I went from like living right next door to the Palms Casino, like just having the time of my life to like – now you're back in mom's basement again and yeah. it's like you didn't really do anything wrong but it's just like you're here so yeah. like what are you gonna do with it and i quit my job at enterprise did you and uh moved in with my stepmom and she said you have a week to find a job in film if that's what you really want to do wow. and your people do not play yeah <laughs> they said truly you're gonna yeah do, if you're gonna go to vegas you're not coming back if you're going to do this, you're going to do that. I feel it. Yeah, and it's like, but I think I kind of earned a little leeway from, I mean, my parents have always been kind of straight. I mean, I'm I'm an only child with two parents and two step-parents. So it's wow. like, there's a lot of eyes, a lot of... Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I, I love them to death, but yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely a lot. But yeah, I think, you know, because I did make it 10 months out in Vegas and I was paying my own way and everything. It's like, mm-hmm. I... It's like I did make it work, so I, I guess I kind of earned a little, you know, wiggle room with them. That when I came back, it wasn't, you know, like I had flunked out of college right. or whatever. Like, so how is get, your mental right now for the film world before you were even trying to jump back into it? Um, are you like thirsty for it? Are you like hesitant? Yeah, when I was in Vegas, when I was in Vegas, I was trying to get a project set up there. Oh, okay. So you just so uh, it's relentless like, with this shit. Absolutely, yeah, every okay, day, man. I I'm love always it. I love it, but. Yeah, I was trying to get something set up in Vegas. We had even already met with the Palms Place. We were going to be shooting there. I had the actors, cast, crew, permits. Jeez, so you I don't mess around, man. Like, when I commit to a project, the projects, I mean. What was that project called? That one didn't have a name, believe it or not, yet. (laughs) It had a plot, Uh and it had characters, and it's like... I don't want to give away the plot because I think this project is because the actors are from Ohio. Okay. So it's like it's cool that I ended up back here with. I mean, one of them, Gilly, played the shooter. In oh, the, in okay. The so he's, so in, like, he's in this other one. So yeah, he was going to be one of the leads of this other project That's that dope. we were working on. So it's like this thing definitely could still come to life one of these days. Right. It's a, it's a horror comedy though. It's okay. definitely a lot different from from seventy times seven for sure. As most of the stuff that I'll be doing from here on out will be different from that. I think. Really. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, I, I, I'm very lucky to have the opportunity, and I, I mean, I think it's the material is structured really well, and mm-hmm. I was just really happy that he trusted me with it. But 
if you're going to direct something about school shootings, you have to have a kind of reverence and respect. Like, you, you can't be having, like, freewheeling camera moves and, you know, witty one-liners and stuff in your film about a school shooting. So right. it's like a lot of my what I consider my strengths of what I can bring to a project creatively, I had to kind of keep that in check. And I think it's good as a young artist to have to yeah. teach myself that restraint through this project that I wouldn't have had otherwise. Yeah. But at the same time, and also just like sitting there in the editing booth, listening to people talk about kids getting shot up for six months, it's just like that, that takes a toll. So it's yeah. like, I'd like to do a comedy or some kind of, you know, silly love story or just mm. something it's just something a little bit more light on its feet the next time and something that can allow me to be a little bit more showier you know something yeah. that'll something that'll get more more eyes like oh like visually appealing i guess okay so i'm gonna jump a little bit um but you get back to pa you quit your job uh and you do and you're kind of like i'm i'm still in this i still i almost did a project in vegas in the 10 months I was there, yeah. I'm coming back and I'm coming to do something. Mm -hmm. So let's kind of jump to how you meet Anthony um, and kind of how that whole process of 70 times 7 started to develop. Yeah. So, uh, well, Peter Anthony Fields is a playwright mm -hmm. from Kent. Mm -hmm. And he used to be a professional filmmaker here in the Cleveland area throughout the 90s and 2000s. Okay. And a uh, lot of lot of festival action for stuff. Some of his movies have like three million views on YouTube and things what, like do that. You have, so, do you have anybody by, by um, like, off the top of your head? I wish, and it's yeah. like I, I feel terrible that I don't. But it's no, fine. I was like, yeah. It's fine. But um, I will say it, it is under Peter Anthony Fields' uh, Little Beth Entertainment on YouTube. Okay. So, I mean, that'll bring you to the stream, and you can watch like he's done like probably a good twenty or so on there. Wow, short film. Feature films, actually, like these wow. are these are full length, fully developed stories with a number of characters with their own arcs, and so it's, it's really, really tremendous. What he's and a lot of these projects were straight up like no budget. Like uh, his brother Cornelius did the mm -hmm. the sound mix for this, and this was the first time that they were ever using multi track sound with the lavaliers and the the boom mics and whatnot. Yeah, and it's just like to see the films that they made and not just that but i mean with the festival outreach with the the i mean look at the viewership numbers the audience responses mm -hmm. that they were able to get on something with absolutely no budget is just it astounds me like, <laughs> like it's absolutely. just like it's it's really wild and uh but anyways um peter unfortunately was diagnosed with parkinson's in mm -hmm. 2012 and he kind of took a step back from filmmaking due to the physical demands of the position mm -hmm. to get his master's at Kent for being a playwright. Wow. And while he was at that program in Kent, he met a number of actors who I'm friends with. Very calm, very, you know, respectful, very Absolutely. diligent with his advice with that and uh, helped me sever ties with with the producer and the dp and then shoot the rest of the thing myself in a successful way wow. but um ever since then we were able to you know just keep up a, a dialogue on and off uh, he became a really great mentor mm -hmm. uh, for me and once so we're kind of bouncing all over but when i was back in pittsburgh mm -hmm. so my stepmom gave me a week to find a job in film right and I'm applying for these jobs and nothing, man. And 
it's always a saying. It's always who you know, not what you know kind of a thing. That's a fact. And I was thinking on it, and uh, my friend's girlfriend worked in costumes and movies for mm-hmm. Netflix. And I was like, huh, I'll, you know, message her, see what she's, you know. Within 36 hours, I was hired to work on the Seth Rogen movie in Pittsburgh. So that's literally, it was like, a, I messaged her at like 11 o'clock on a Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. Interview was scheduled by 8 a.m. Thursday, 8 a.m. Friday. I'm in the door at the interview. Wow. Signed, sealed, delivered. And so... Within a week, I went from, you know, quitting my job at Enterprise Rent-A-Car, like, what am I going to do? Mm-hmm. I have no prospects. I'm stuck in my stepmom's basement. Like, what what am I going to do to, mm-hmm. all right, now I'm working underneath Seth Rogen in downtown Pittsburgh every day. It's just like, so it's like, so when, you're, when you're in a situation where it's like, do you choose what you're stuck with and what you're unhappy with or you're going to take a risk? I mean, you have to go about it the right way. Yeah. But like. That's what kings do. Yeah, but you you, you have to choose yourself for you sure. Have to. Yeah, have to. Yeah. So that's a that's an amazing, and I want to emphasize that a little bit. That's amazing that you took a risk because uh, yeah. uh, so many of us, and you even alluded to this, um, and I'm using your word. Uh, yeah. You even alluded to this uh, earlier about how when you were 19 and you like, why am I giving up on my dreams at mm-hmm. 19? It's like yeah. you can't give yourself, you have to give yourself an opportunity to be successful. For sure. Yeah. And I, I think that's that's the biggest thing is like when you're in a position to choose, you know, something to move your goals and career forward, mm-hmm. choose that. Yes. But I also think it's important for me to recognize, you know, that it's like I was very lucky to be able to live with my stepmom at that right. point in time. Absolutely. Like I was very lucky that Peter entrusted me with this project and whatnot. And it's like there are... What's crazy is it's like, I know still like to this day, like I made this movie, I put over half of my, you know, relatively nice salary into making this thing. Mm -hmm. And I had so many talented people working on it. And there's a good chance that this just doesn't go anywhere. And it's like, and that's, and and I'm okay with that. But it's just like... But it's not even about that. It's not even it's, it's not even about that. Well, I guess the only reason why I bring that up is it's like, you know, I got offered a job working on a Netflix movie back in July mm-hmm. for $7.50 an hour That's in crazy. Pittsburgh. It's like I have experience doing that. I have directorial experience with this own project. Mm-hmm. I have an economics degree. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to pay me $7.50 $7. an hour. And they're wondering why the Yahtzee went on strike in yeah. L.A. and across the country. And it's just like, it's, it is set up in a way where it's very hard for people who aren't already within that system to break through. Right. But... What frustrates me is it's like I know that like theoretically that it's like I should have all these advantages and I do have a number of advantages in order to get in there. Mm -hmm. And the fact that I'm still running into these roadblocks and doing this bullshit spreadsheet job every day and whatnot. Mm -hmm. It's like I know there are so many other more intelligent, creative people out there that didn't have a stepmom to go live with for a while. When they... We're in that situation where it's like quit enterprise and, you know, take a risk or whatnot. Yeah. They either have to stay at enterprise or they got to go work at Burger King or wherever else in order to, because it's like, there's, there's no option to take that risk. Yeah. And it's like, I am, I'm very lucky that I was able to take those risks. And that's why I feel a responsibility to do the most with those opportunities, Absolutely. but also just trying to set it up. So in a way that 
in the future that creating those oppor- like how Peter gave me the chance to work on this mm-hmm. thing, like trying to create those opportunities for other people. And you're That's already doing important. it. I mean, you do that with me. I mean, meeting me, <laughs> kind of, yeah. Uh, meeting me, we had what three, maybe three conversations prior. And then some, you know, group chat stuff. But like you're you're about it though. And it's like that's instant from the like your your energy and your intensity is just from the moment I met you is like, okay, like this is someone who I mean, in entertainment you're gonna like how I was saying the first couple of years, I was like, I wanna be a filmmaker. You know, mm-hmm. you meet a lot of people that wanna do XYZ. Mm-hmm. You meet a lot of people that have even done Yeah. Done it. But then in order of people who are really about to do the next big thing it's Mm -hmm. like that's what it's like that those people are few and far between absolutely like brendan the dude that introduced us he's one of those people and you're you're one of those shout out to brendan he is amazing and shout out to him for even introducing us because i was i'm gonna actually say this a little bit i i tell people this all the time like how how did i meet him it was like Brendan was, uh, we did the we did the Baker Mayfield commercials. So we did those down at the stadium. We met for... And Brendan worked on my film as and he, well. Yeah, so he so. worked on his film prior to this. Um, that was how I met Brendan. Um, yeah. Right. So we meet at lunch. Uh, we talk for like 20 minutes. We exchange numbers. I'm like, I don't think really much of it. Mm-hmm. Um, literally, we finish. We talk throughout the day that day or whatever, the second day of the shoot. We talking and everything, having a good time. Um a week goes by. He texts me, "Hey, you want to go to the movies?" I'm like, "Uh, what?" He's like, "He's like, yeah, you want to go to the movie? I have this director friend, um, and he wants to go see. What do we go see? The Green Knight. The Green Knight. I was like, mm-hmm. why not? Uh, sure. Boom, I show up, and now we're here. Yep, so you absolutely. know, <laughs> it's, yeah, it all worked out, man. That's how just... things kind of like, kind of like fall into place, and you can't be afraid mm-hmm. to." meet new people and take a risk on absolutely a relationship for sure so that's 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 you know shout out to him man and he's doing amazing things he's doing netflix stuff he's doing he's just he's he's his trajectory is just is crazy right now absolutely so he'll be on here eventually but (laughs) he's so busy he's in texas right now so it's just it's crazy but yeah back to you back to you go ahead (laughs) i I was gonna say i not re- quite sure where we were at before that. We were bouncing Let's, everywhere. It's fine. Yeah. Um, well, like, yeah, we'll we'll reset wherever you wanna basically let's go let's go into let's go into seventy times seven. Okay. So yeah. How sure. did he um kind of like introduce the idea of you creating a short film behind this? So Peter and I have always been trading our writing back and forth and he's been a great mentor and you know, helping me realize what works, what doesn't in a different scene, looking at it from a different perspective and he sends me his stuff and it's always very enlightening to see, you know, how someone who's been doing this for 30 years can just use those tools at his disposal to, to tell a story. Mm-hmm. Um, so y'all have been, y'all have been kind of building this relationship a couple years at yeah, this point? Yeah, what's, what's interesting is it's like, so we first met virtually to, in the summer of 2016 wow. discussing the, the, Original, the original perpendicular. Oh no, right. it's twenty seventeen. My bad. Right, 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 right. But yeah, and excuse me, and then starting in twenty nineteen, we picked up a lot more frequency with our discussions. I think um, once I actually, you know, after 
after the perpendicular failed the first time, I still knew I wanted to do this, mm -hmm. but it's just like I just knew that I couldn't. I, just, I didn't have the resources. Mm -hmm. I didn't have the, the knowledge base. I didn't have just – I you don't know what you don't know. Mm -hmm. And it was just like I just needed to just reboot. And once once I got out of that process, then he and I started talking more. And we talk almost every day or every other day uh, via text or whatever. But it was crazy. It was like because we had been having this this digital dialogue for mm -hmm. so long. And I did not meet him in person until the first day of shooting this in July. What? Yeah, it's crazy. Like That's it's like I, I knew him better than 99% of the people I'd ever met. But I had never met him in person until. Wow. It's crazy. It's, it's That's just. That's almost three years. Yeah. So how did it feel to actually meet him? In it was person? an honor. It was really cool to be there on a set. And it's on just a like, set, though. At yeah, that. and it's just like I, I, I told him that it's it's very fitting that my first project has his name on it as well because mm -hmm. he has been so foundational in my growth as a writer and a director and whatnot that it's just like it was just a it, it just felt right mm -hmm. and it was, it was it was really cool to you know. To be able to work with him, work with uh, his mom was a producer, and his brother wow. did the the sound mix the for us. Audio, it was yeah. just a really to get into the whole four 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 arts and media landscape and whatnot. I I, I really Break appreciate down the 444, that. Man. What, what, what yeah, that? so that's uh, well, Peter has Little Beth Entertainment. Is okay, his, his company, mm -hmm. and he has created a new offshoot for mm -hmm. the short filmmaking four 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 arts and media. Oh, okay. And he is. I'm one of the the co presidents. Uh, the four four four. Congratulations Thank you. to that. Thank you. That's big. So, yeah, so 444 is the production company behind uh, 70 times 7, and that that logo will be on pretty much everything I do from here on out. Really? Yeah. Unless I, I mean, unless I create another production company or whatever, but no, that seems like that's the that's the main main one right now. For that's sure. amazing, man. So okay, 70 times 7. So y'all y'all on set, right? Yeah. But how did you get all these amazing actors? actresses yeah and and people involved in this absolutely so first things first peter sends me this script in 2019 mm -hmm. because so anyways after i worked on the seth rogan film in pittsburgh after that i couldn't find any work it was getting mm. cold film jobs were drying up out there i didn't have the connects and also, didn't want to work for seven fifty an hour. So, uh, my roommate from college called me and was like, "Hey, my roommate got transferred to Cincinnati. Do you want to take over this lease and move to Cleveland?" And I was like, "All right, sure." Wow. I didn't have a job, didn't have anything, but I just didn't want to live with my parents anymore. Yeah. So I was like, "All right." So I move out to Cleveland, and that was about six weeks before the pandemic. Wow. So yeah, I was lucky I found a job right before that and was working from home and still am working from home mm -hmm. and whatnot. But like, yeah, it was definitely, anyways, so I once it was clear to Peter that I was coming out to Cleveland, he mm -hmm. was like, all right, we should try to, you know, here's my, he sent me the script and he says, here's my project monster. Do whatever you want with it. If you want to rewrite it, if you want to direct a play, direct a film, turn it into a feature don't do anything with it at all he goes excuse me i apologize he's like this is my gift to you is this project and he's like whatever you want to do with it you have my full trust and faith which is like 
for for a writer Huge. to, and I know he's been my mentor, but for a writer to be that generous with another writer is just right. like you don't hear about that, no, and it's don't. just like it it was it was really special. And but it was like I just didn't connect with the material. I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest with you, wow. and it's like I don't think I've even been honest with him about this. Is like you know at first I was just running into the wall of like. I took a first crack at coming up with a with a script for it in January of 2020, mm-hmm. and I remember afterwards, I went out for a pizza with my roommate and his girlfriend, mm-hmm. and they're all just sitting there, you know, just talking about their day and whatnot, trying to make small talk with me. And I, meanwhile, I've just spent the last four hours inside the head of a dude that just shot up a room full of 12 year olds. Mm-hmm. So it's like my entire, I'm just like. Real, real depressed, real, just like, I don't want to fuck with anyone kind of a thing. And I was just realized, like, I didn't want to commit myself to that headspace for an extended period of time. And so I didn't. And I just, you know, I was coming up with this web series called Hustling Backwards that hasn't, that hasn't been done yet. But I mean, I've told you my dentist, well, that was one of the episodes from it. And that'll, that'll probably be a short film eventually. Um... But just kind of kicking it around for a while, not really thinking much of it. And I was developing a series. Mm-hmm. Um, I put a video on Instagram. This is probably one of the big things, I guess, to, to put in this, in this podcast is Peter as well. Is that you're going to see at the root of all of every success of mine has is, is, is always been Peter. And I, oh. I, cannot, I cannot thank him enough. But last summer... I'm just, I'm working from home. It's the lockdown. Everybody's pissed, you know, Mm -hmm. it is what it is. And he messages me this link for this found footage contest Mm -hmm. that said, okay, um, here's a contest for a project that you started but weren't able to finish. If you can cobble a 60 second trailer out of that, we can turn, the winner will get like 10K and investment into, you know, bringing it to life. So he says, how about you do this for perpendicular? And I'm grumbling. I'm just like, oh, she fucking quit on me. There's nothing. And it's like, then I'm sitting there and I'm doing my work. And about an hour later, it's like, oh, it's like, you still have the footage from that $600 one. Mm -hmm. So it's all about putting lipstick on a pig, man. I, uh, the sound was awful. I mean, the dialogue, it was the first dialogue I ever written, written. It was horrendous. Was it? Yeah. This is fucking terrible, but nobody would know that because I have, uh, another mentor who edited this film, John Lefkowitz. And he, he's a professor at point park in Pittsburgh filmmaking. And he used to, he worked on a lot of, he's, he's edited trailers for, uh, universal studios. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, so he's, he definitely has experience. So I sent him my material to see if he could, you know, dress it up and Mm -hmm. did a great job with it. I tell you that. Um, and I just, I, I put something on Instagram about how I was like, you know, like, hopefully this is the first step towards people finally seeing me for who I really am, mm-hmm. which is the filmmaker, not just the guy who just had never, you know, it never gets finished. So right, I was, cause yeah. at this point, in, you, at, at this, this point, point, you hadn't finished anything. And you have to remember, this was a, at this point, what we're talking about, this is just as recently as a year ago. Exactly. Like, it's just like so much can change like that. And you'll see, well, this, this, the rest of the story for the year is the interesting part. So, 
Um, I'm just lucky to have great friends, uh, you know, truly. And we had about 200 people share that post when I put it on Instagram. Just share wow. it on their Instagram stories. Look at that, guys. Yeah. Look how So you got to be sharing, sharing the King Teeth podcast all I'm the time. Saying. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> but not even that. It's just the power of coming together. It didn't cost them a cent. Exactly. But they yeah. came together for you. For sure. And, I, and and that's the thing is I every single person that shared that video, I made sure to message them. Thanks. I really appreciate this. Is wow. like, you know, it's like you, you have to, you yeah. know, it's like people are going to take the time to put your brand out there. You got to, you know, let them know how much that means to you. But yeah, uh, so many people were so supportive. I was really, really blown away by it. And lo and behold, through them sharing it with their networks and whatnot, there's a... Uh, there was an executive for a pretty prominent television network who's from Ohio originally, mm-hmm. and she saw the video that way and reached out with me about setting up that as an animated series. Wow. So the end of 2020 and the start of 2021, my whole mindset is we're going to create this series about Perpendicular, and it's going to be this huge hit and like he's gonna turn into yeah, an animated series yeah it was a, i had never thought of turning it into a series let alone an animated one but as soon right. as she said that it's like and it's bounced around to a couple different places since then in development but even still it's 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 always stayed animated everywhere it's been since really? then well you could do a lot more with the idea because the yeah. concept is great but yeah putting sure. in an animated version i could see it even coming like, to life yeah, it's a type of the, you know, like the rotoscope animation where they film it live action and then they trace over it in mm-hmm. animation. Something like that. But I've come up with my own style of rotoscope that okay. nobody has ever done. And I don't want to share it on the podcast because it's like, this is proprietary. It's some, we got to get this developed. That's yeah, it. yeah, exactly. So but it's just like, put that out. this is, uh, but yeah, long story short, uh, I spent months developing this series. Um, it, it was a lot. Um, and I thought that, you know, there were really good things coming from it. And uh, one of the major entertainment giants was bought out by another one in mm-hmm. May. Um, I th- <laughs> you of guys, this year. In May, yeah, I was going to say, there was only, re- can, can there was only really Google. one you big mega Google. studio deal this year. So it's pretty easy to figure out. But, like, yeah, um, they, they announced that purchase on a Sunday. I got an email that they were dropping my series on Monday. Wow. And they announced spinoffs of all of their current big hits on Tuesday. So it's just like the new management came in and they were just like, you know what? Like, we're just trying to hit singles and doubles. We don't Uh want to be a home run hitter. Like, so they just wanted to do what was safe. Cause I mean, both the, that company and the other conglomerate that bought them out are billions of dollars in debt. So they're just trying to, you know, stay above water right now. So yeah, that was a, that was a huge bummer. But at the same time, it was like. I had wanted to do this short for Peter and that mm-hmm. was going to be my like little farewell as I'm going off to LA and going to make this series and whatnot. Yeah. And then like between the, the, the series falling apart like that and like some, some romantic stuff going on in my life. It was like, and now I was at the point where I was like, I'm looking around and it's like, Oh, this short film's the only thing that I got left. <laughs> it's like, so I might as well Put do it to the most for sure. Yeah. And, uh, Peter had sent me about five or six actresses of Jean's age to, you know, to play the mother, mm-hmm. uh, the, the, the preacher. And 
I looked through all their reels, but like there was, it was never a question for me. Like, really? it, it never, like he had mentioned Gene to me first in the fall of 2019. Yeah. And I was working on this little indie film called Dear Zoe in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. And I walked into the production office the next day. And there was a row of pictures on the wall of people that they were trying to cast for the, the supporting character. And lo and behold, in this bright red sweater, right in the center of all these pictures, the day after Peter Center. sent me this i and from cleveland i'm in pittsburgh and the very next day i look on the wall gene zarzor right in the center there and i was wow. like yo cast her and she's she's in the film it's coming out and she, but it was just like at that point i was like yo like you told so, them to cast her i mean I, they were gonna do it anyways right. probably but still i was like yo i was like that's so cool it's just like what are the what are the odds exactly and what was crazy is like that happened and then i never talked to her until about a year and a half after that for the first time. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. So then once I realized she did that amazing this was, in this. She's she was she is total pro. Like oh, oh my, my gosh. God, it will blow you away. I I genuinely cannot believe that this is her first lead role. That's what I'm she's saying. She's been doing this for since the eighties, I think. And once you see her, who this is, yeah. you'll understand she's been in so many different things. Absolutely. Like, oh my gosh. Like, there were there were, I was going through her reel and there was commercials. Like she did one with with Morgan Freeman, where she played Maid, and it was like I've seen this commercial a hundred times Hundreds. if I've seen it once, and it's right. just like it's, it's just it's crazy, and it's um, but yeah, so we approached her, and I was just incredibly blessed for her to say yes to that project, and Gilly, I mean, he was the second biggest role in Perpendicular, and Kent, he's playing the shooter, Brian Gildown, um, but yeah, he and I have been working together since the Kent days, and. Mm. I'm trying to. Well, he's a rapper first and foremost, yeah. so I'm trying to produce his next album and get that that's off another, the ground. I'm working big. with. I don't want it to sound like a rap album. Like I want it to truly sound like its own genre of music. And I got I got musicians from all these different genres all across the country right now, and it's like, it's a project that, I mean, I would say it's fifty fifty right now of like it's just as likely that nothing ever comes of this or that this is just like. Yeah. <laughs> most insane album anybody's heard in a long time but wow. like wow. yeah we'll figure that that's that's the main focus for this year coming up though i realized that like it, it seems counterintuitive for someone at 25 but i need to take a step back from filmmaking for a little right. while and right because of the intensity of what this 70 times 7 brought for, for sure you. yeah i just i remember the morning after we were done shooting how long did it take to shoot Real two quick. days two days two days okay we wanted three we just didn't have it in the budget so we we narrowed it down to two uh shot it at my buddy luke's house um and how much uh all together was the project so this project I would say all told, it came out a little over twelve thousand. But with the with festival submissions and then the editing fees and the the that premiere, that still working I would say all expenses told, we're looking closer to fifteen. But wow! In terms of actual, how much do you see on screen? Mm -hmm. I would say a little over twelve for certain, definitely. And how long is the is the short film? Nine minute film. Nine minute film. Yeah. Almost fifty. And that was with that was with the actors, the a lot of the crew people giving me you very didn't generous. Pay, you didn't breaks. pay yourself, did you? No. Exactly. No, 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 no. So this but is it's not... just like and that's what and it's not that that ups, what upsets me is these studios mm -hmm. that like you know, I personally, out of my pocket, 
I can pay a full film crew a more than the minimum going rate for a day shoot for a two day shoot. And it's like, you mean to tell me that Netflix can't like when you do the math on, I was paying people like, you know, over 15 an hour mm -hmm. and it's like a Netflix can't pay half of that. It's like, right. you mean to tell me that Netflix is tighter for cash than I am right. like it real. And right. it's just, I well, couldn't cost. Cause they want to do so much. Yeah. And that's not fair. Yeah. And it's, you know, I shouldn't, I shouldn't keep dogging on, on, these big, these, the big, these the big, big companies but it's just like you know like i i never wanted to set myself up like i i never saw myself as the the underdog or the agitator or the guy mm -hmm. going against but it's just like that's just how it's <laughs> it's worked out it's just like that's the king hey, network for you yeah absolutely we are underdogs, man we it's are. like i don't have i don't have a problem working with them i i mean i imagine and i hope that someday you know that it will come i'll be I but it'll be, be a partnership it won't yeah be just exactly you hired for hire Exactly, it's for a sure. Difference. Yeah, that's, and that's yeah. important. My thing is, it's just like I just think that regardless of any industry, you know, safe working conditions, fair hours, fair wages is just it's non-negotiable. Mm -hmm. And film, film's the only exception to that. For and it's like I understand that Especially they, so they, they're paying what they can because. There are so many people that want to do that that it's like if somebody's like, nah, this isn't for me. It's like there's 10 other people waiting. So it's like they right, can get away with it. Right. That's why they are. Yeah, especially but, people coming in. They don't know no better. Yeah, but I would say that like... And and the, the whole story nowadays is it's like, oh, well, with all of this digital stuff around you, you have so many more tools at your advantage than any other... Yeah, but it's like... It's like the Aldous Huxley idea of technology versus the George Orwell one. Like George Orwell thought that authoritarians would try to restrict and use technology to make sure like like in what they're doing in China. Like the only thing that we see is what they want us to see. Right. And Aldous Huxley, Huxley, his suggestion was, no, all the good stuff is going to be out there and readily available. But... It's going to be surrounded with all this white noise and all this shit from all these people that don't know what they're talking about. And we're just going to blast this all out on the internet and you'll have to scavenge decide through and decide what is the good stuff. And it's just like that politically and in so many others. That's how we get into a number of the big problems that we have here. But it's just like content is the same exact thing. It's mm -hmm. just like, you know, it, I think that we are failing young creators in general and this is not myself i can i can create my own productions i and my friends help me i'm very lucky you know i'm talking about just so many other creatives that i have met that want to do something like this but just don't have that structure behind them and yeah. i mean a lot of it is self like it's a lot of it is you know i had to put that structure in there and yeah. i had a lot of help but it's like you know you got to do a lot, of, a lot of the work. I guess the big thing that I've just tried to make clear to people throughout this whole process is like, I, I've, I've done a lot and I'm so happy with how it all turned out, but it's just like there's so much that had to go right beyond me mm -hmm. for this to work out. And it's just like, that's what I real, realized having this first successful project here is that just logistically, things that you would never even think of, just small little tiny things that, you know, if they broke the wrong way, could jeopardize the whole the whole project. Yeah. It's like everybody everybody has a role, and thankfully with this project, everyone stepped up and did their role to the fullest, and I'm 
so grateful. So, so grateful. seventy times seven, man. Yep. Um, we had this premiere. Uh, it was an amazing opportunity to host, uh, be a part of. Uh, you know, I learned so much about myself, so much about mm-hmm. um, how to interact with actors, actresses. And speaking of the the actors and actresses, so we had mentioned Gilly, we mentioned G, and I also want to shout out Tony Bello, who yes. plays the son in the project. Uh, he has moved to Los Angeles. Uh, he's chasing his dream of being an actor right mm-hmm. now, and I mean, I hope the roles start coming his way because he deserves it, man. I mean, just watch the film. He, yeah, yeah, he, he did. He did a he did a, a really great job. And what most people don't know is him and Gilly. This was their first time on screen and like a professional wow. role. I, I, Tony did a student short when he was at Cleveland State, mm-hmm. but like this was their first professional project. And for Jean, this was her first Leading. lead. Yeah. And it's just like. There's so much talent there that it's just like I I was so honored that I was able to you know be the the maestro helping them get it all figured out. Well, but it's we just spoke like, on that. We spoke yeah, on that prior about people being afraid to give people with real talent opportunity. Yeah, and that's the thing is it's like I I just think it's important for them to know that like I just fully I wouldn't have casted them if I didn't completely believe in their talents 100 percent. the same goes for my you know the cameraman the editor people Mm -hmm. down the line too is it's just like if you're going to bring someone onto your project you have to be very selective Mm -hmm. very difficult very strenuous in choosing that person but Mm -hmm. once you choose that person that person has to feel like they can do no wrong right and obviously not just make willy-nilly mistakes just like you know they have to be able to take risks and then Mm -hmm. it's it's the director's job to say this risk worked or this one it's like if i just stuck only to shots i wanted to use line readings i had had in mind rather than letting my collaborators bring their own ideas into the project and whatnot it would have been shit like it wouldn't it would have looked nothing like it did and it would it would have felt nothing like it did but that's the hard it's like if you want to do something where you don't have to worry about all these little parts and pieces, go be a novelist, mm-hmm. you know, like, but the hardest thing for me is just finding the balance of like being hands off and let and showing them that you fully trust without, while still maintaining, you know, a hand on the reins of mm-hmm. what's going on. It's like. There has to be the leadership, but there also has to be the, wiggle the freedom as well. Yeah. Because then you get the best out of the person. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree. For sure. I agree. Um, so how do you feel like the premiere did? I think the premiere went great. I mean, I, I was not expecting that. to have that kind of a turnout, and I'm right. so thankful to all of your friends, all of my friends, all of Gene's friends, everyone that showed out. Thank you so much. This was this was great. Mm-hmm. I mean, the guy who, uh, the theater manager, he said short films get like, 20 30 people at most and we had almost 300 at ours so that was what it was between, almost 300? between all four screenings yeah oh shout out to y'all because i yeah. didn't even realize it was that many mm-hmm. but absolutely it, but when we were doing it we even said in the middle it was like one group with what the first group came they started mm-hmm. to exit and it was a whole new group yeah i had thought that like because for the first two shows were definitely the more attended ones. Yes, absolutely. And I had thought, oh, people were just, you know, hanging around, mingling, you know. And I, while you're doing the intro, I had the chance to actually, you know, just like do a quick scan. It's like I knew most of the people I could, you know. But like I'm doing the scan and I was like, wait a minute, they weren't at the first show. Right. They weren't there. They weren't. It was like, oh, damn, like we got like, I mean, there's a couple people that stayed, but like all in all, 
It was like all new people. And then yeah. 8 o'clock, 8.30, it was new people still cycling. Even that still, last show, new yeah. people were cycling in, man. It was like I, I didn't know I had that many people around that were interested in what we were doing. And, you no, know, that, that was just it – was, it was really cool to see that. And then, like, the film's confront- – like, the film's tough, very mm-hmm. confrontational. And I it, – it, it got a very, you know, very decent response. I was – I mean, it's it's very inflammatory material. Like, I yeah. I was definitely expecting at least someone in that audience to be like, "Hey, like, this is a little over the line, sir." But really? You were yeah, expecting it's that. like people always tell me that like it's not as aggressive as I thought it was, and maybe it's just because it's like when you're sitting there and you're listening to it being edited over and over and over again for mm-hmm. six months, it's just like. It creates kind of a heavy feeling that I guess it's so weird. Like I can't watch it for just the nine minute film that it is. Mm -hmm. It's like I, every shot I can, I know what, what it took to get that thing to hang on the wall in the back. It's like, you know, it's like, I can't just, you were in it for what, for sure. Yeah. So So it's hard for me to, yeah, it's hard for me to examine it objectively like that. But yeah, seeing it on a movie theater, screen for the first time. How did time. that feel? It was incredible, man. It was like... I know you were freaking out about the, the sound. The sound. Oh, was... my gosh. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> yeah, I... So... It's okay. The... the What happened was is we have to use this uh, this DCP mm-hmm. and uh, an SMPTE file is what they normally use for like the big... Well, the, the guy told me nowadays... The movie studios send a link to the theaters through a satellite now. Do they really? That they like satellite drop the movie to you. So that's why there's no piracy. There's no sending the link to your buddy. Or It's like they ping them with a satellite. Yeah. Wow. I, and again, I he's a theater manager. I, try, I have not looked this up myself, but it's just like I heard that. I just couldn't yeah. believe it. Anyways, we needed to bring in this DCP file on a hard drive. Mm-hmm. And I brought that in about three hours before the premiere. That didn't work. <sighs> so we had spent the whole week beforehand getting the color grade, the sound mm-hmm. mix, everything right. And we, like, there was a couple times I thought we were going to have to postpone. Really? Uh, the, literally, the fact that you had been promoting as much as you were on social media was the only thing that kept me from postponing this really? project. Really? Because it was like, I can take the L of, like pushing this back but it's like i'm not gonna put i'm not gonna put king teeth in that spot but i appreciate that yeah absolutely and thankfully you know it all finished and worked out so we didn't have to be in that spot but yeah it was it was funny that we all we were working so hard to get that dcp done and then day of bring it there just completely didn't load so had to pull up the movie on a laptop with an hdmi cable and the problem is, is with the hdmi cable I mean, we were shooting on a red 6K camera mm-hmm. and whatnot. So, like, the link that we use for online does not play on my television. Uh, it plays on my phone, but, like, it doesn't play on my laptop because the picture is too clear to play on my TV. Wow. I have an HD, HD Vizio TV. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. But uh, going through the HDMI cable, it was just too much bandwidth data. I. A lot, a lot yeah. going There's on. a lot of whatever supposed to go through the wire that didn't. So it was the sound and the, the movie were like a half a second off from each other, yeah. which is like just the worst thing you could hope was just like, 
Cornelius is such a great sound designer. Like yeah. he, he if you great. heard the he actual great. audio, I mean, uh, Marco Mendoza did a phenomenal job recording the audio, mm-hmm. but there were things like, I mean, first time filmmaker mistakes. I had bought the wardrobes for the characters and Gilly and I went out and I got him this black mesh shirt we bought together. And the problem was, if you're trying to have a lavalier with a mesh shirt, you're going to hear the fabric, you know, mm-hmm. rustling all around. Mm-hmm. And he, I can't even remember how he did it now. I just remember he had jerry-rigged it, like, through his leg or, like, who's but he had set up this lav in a way that, like, it was not moving. And there was a little bit of rustling, but by the time it got to Cornelius... That he Go found a way. He sent me a sound mix at noon on Saturday two weeks ago, and I was like, "This is." I mean, it was the raw audio that I provided him with, but I was like, "Oh, like this is gonna have an impact when it's in a theater." Like it just yeah. it didn't. It was it was the right audio, but it just didn't sound like a film. Yeah. And then I get another link from him at five p.m. and it's just like, "Holy fuck! Like, where did <laughs> this come from?" Like I, you know, like I working just, with good people, man. Yeah, absolutely. Like it just, and he, he had so many other projects to, for his actual job to focus on, but he was always putting this one first to help us cross the finish line. And just very, very thankful. For so, how do you feel now? Everything. I mean, you have the festival side to go, and that's a whole another monster. Yeah. But right now, how do you feel? Exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I wish I could. I could put a better spin. It's just like. You know, I just, everyone's asking me what I'm going to work on next. And yeah. the honest answer is myself. Is It's like, wow. yeah. And it's like, I'm not trying to get like all, you know, pseudo deep or whatever with that. But it's like, no. It's just like, filmmaking is a very physical profession. Mm-hmm. And there's also, it's like, now that I've made a film and I've gone through like, and I've learned all like the technical kind of stuff and whatnot. Now I'm realizing even more of what I didn't know for this project. Yeah. So now I have it set up st- starting this Sunday, so November 7th, so this will be a past tense from mm-hmm. by the time this is airing. 60 weeks between now and January 1st, 2023. And over those 60 weeks there, if I can lose two pounds a week for the first 30 weeks, and one pound a week for the last 30. And over that same period of time, I'm reading 25 pages a day about filmmaking. You read 25 pages a day for 400 days in a row, that's 10,000 pages. Yeah. So the way I'm looking at it now is it's like, and plus just, I'd, I spent over half of my after-tax salary on this movie and I still mm. haven't paid it off yet. It's wow. like, you know, it's people like, yeah. Understand like pe- people and it's like I kind of I kind of feed into the like people always think that like I'm always just at home like working on some project or whatnot and this kind of keeps up the mysteria. Oh, he's always work- No, I'm just fucking poor, man. Like, I'm just watching <laughs> television. Like I, like truth be told I it's like I go got anywhere I got everything in the middle to. of the table. Yeah, That's so Yeah, so it's like I I'm in a position like with the work that I'm doing is like I don't have to live paycheck to paycheck, so I'd like to take some time where I'm not doing mm-hmm. that for a year and just focus on just, you know, getting in shape, reading all that stuff and like people are like, Why are you taking a step back? But when you think about it, it's like you can't catapult forward without pulling it back first. Wow. 
that's that's my philosophy with it and it's that's like if i can actually teach myself the discipline and the, the willpower needed to, to do something like this then mm. it's like what's it january 1st 2023 i'll have read yeah, ten thousand pages about new pages of filmmaking knowledge mm. uh, about all these set design sound design the real nitty-gritty stuff that i just like took for granted because i was focused on characters and acting and story and stuff get that figured out, get myself figured out, and then I'll still be, you know, 26 and stuff. It's like I... With so, Yeah, and with a... Hopefully with a year of this film being in festivals and whatnot exactly. under my belt. So, yeah, it's... Uh, producing this album, too, is going to be the thing, and if, if Brendan wants to make a short film, definitely, definitely trying to help with that if he wants me to be a part of it. Um, but yeah, just helping other artists, you know, like mm -hmm. that's, that's another thing for me too, is like so many artists helped me with my vision. That was the, the, the real impetus behind the album in the first place. Mm -hmm. It's like my buddy Tim is a, is a rock star and he's just like, he's the most talented musician. I, he did the music for the film. Mm -hmm. Talented musician I've ever met in my entire life. Wow. Gilly. I mean, I was playing his, his music for you before we mm -hmm. started here today. Like the dude can rap. He's got to come on here. And it's. Yeah, for, for sure. Absolutely. I got to talk about that. And it's just like, it I thought it would be cool that it's like, I mean, the two of them, I mean, we've all been friends since the Kent days and whatnot, but it's just like, they're so wildly different kinds of music, but they work well together. Mm -hmm. So it's just like, what if I kind of took on the role of like an A&R man or whatever and just like kind of help them, yeah, kind of help them. You've already done it in the out. film, in the film world already of. Taking un unsigned talent. And that's what I'm doing. That's what I want to do with this album, which is interesting. It's like, I want to think of... I'm thinking of the album like a movie. Mm -hmm. Rather than... It's like... And I'm not doing some cheesy Hamilton, you know. Like there's a story and lyrics and stuff. I'm talking like... Gilly's the main actor because he's the main rapper. Mm -hmm. And then there's supporting characters Sweet. of like other rappers who are going to do multiple guest verses. So mm -hmm. it's like a character that wow. pops up multiple times in a film, but like, you know, so it's like you have a familiarity with their flow and whatnot, but he's there. It's still very much Gilly's, Gilly's project yeah. kind of a thing. Um, I love it. Yeah. So, and just not just that, just like kind of questioning like what is a rap beat? Mm -hmm. You know, just like lots of industrial stuff, lots of been listening to a lot of foreign, like Brazilian music, and so just real, like wow, real stripped down instrumentation. Just yeah, like I mean, getting it out there, it, just it, like it, how you do with the French films, for sure. It's like getting a different perspective. Absolutely, it's just like if I. If I want to make something that doesn't look like what stuff that other people's making, I need to can't intake listen to what's li yeah that, that, that yeah, makes a lot of for sense. sure absolutely absolutely okay absolutely okay so. well I want when y'all get that together I hope to be able to be in some of those recordings actually yeah for sure um, man. yeah cool. just to see that I love I love being in studios and just seeing those creating things you know creations and stuff like that Sound but, Laboratory Kent Ohio that's where that's that where we're recording at. Sure. Uh, but after that, I, w I would love to get y'all here for the press run and kind of getting it out there and everything like that. We'd but, be honored to be here, man. Um, sure. We've talked about a lot of things. Um, we've, we've we got your story like uh, from you know 2017 to now, basically, mm -hmm. and everything in between. Um, 
where we do at the King Teeth Network at the end of these things, we uh we like to get some things off our chest. Okay. Um so I think I've already done You got a lot off your chest. <laughs> you have absolutely yeah, yeah. got a lot off your chest. I appreciate you bearing um, with me. <laughs> no, you're good. I think this is therapeutic. You For know? sure. You gotta yeah, be able to cool. express yeah. Every all the work we put into things. Yeah, it's like I've made a ton of mistakes trying to make this happen, and it's just exactly. like if I can be honest, like what you were saying earlier about just like you know, like the honesty, just being upfront about everything. Yes. It's just like if I can give some guidance here that gives someone some knowledge, some gym, encouragement, yes. and, just, and, and just entertainment, you know, just anything. That's that's why we're here. It's just, exactly, you know. exactly. So, um, is there anything you would like to get off your chest? Just either if it's you're just tired as fuck or you want to be like, I did this or whatever, whatever you want to do. What do I want to get off my chest? Before you come back here at the community. Before I come or, back. This is a very good question. I like that. Um, Baker needs to go on IR. Let Case Keenum start. It's about it right now. That's about but, it right yeah, now. I'll let you know if anything else comes to mind. <laughs> First off, shout out to the Browns. Um, shout out to Odell. He didn't make it here, but, you know, much uh, love to what you tried to do here. Um, and, you know, good luck in your career. I like Odell. I think he has a future somewhere else. I do, too. I, I do hope too. it's for my New Orleans Saints. But, I mean, we could use they as need much him. help a receiver as we they can They need him right now. Thomas, like Thomas has been, yeah. it's been rough. It's been rough. I don't even know if he'll be back. At, I mean, with all the stuff between him and the front office, like I, it could very much be another Odell kind of situation, Absolutely. I'm thinking. But and it's been brewing I hope for about not. two years now. But yeah. uh, we can talk about we we talk about the sports and everything. we can talk about so much. That's why <laughs> yeah. we can be here all day. But I only have a certain amount of time with my yeah. camera, so For I don't sure. want I don't want this stuff to get cut off because this is magic right here. Um, so I just thank I just want to thank you. Thanks one for more having time. me, man. This it's, is a great time. This is amazing. Yeah. Um, this is the King TV Network. We're out of here.